This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Monday morning. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for May 23rd, episode 2938, brought to you by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, horse people. They're off in the Preakness. Early voting as expected has early speed in Armagnac 2. It's these two out to the front. Skippy Longstocking on the far outside. Simplification Go, down toward the rail. Fenwick is in between those worse, two. Man. Then comes Creative Minister toward the inside. Happy Jack is next. Epicenter taken well off the pace by Joel Rosario. They are second last early, leading the Philly Secret Oath, who's last of them all as they reach for that first turn. The pace is not all that fast. 24.32 seconds for that opening quarter mile. And it's the longest shot of the race in front. Armagnac is the leader as they make their way to the backstretch. Early voting taken to the outside. Now a length back running in second by two. Simplification tracks in third. Happy Jack fourth to the outside. Creative Minister is fifth. Epicenter sitting right behind him. Six lengths behind. Right alongside of Skippy Longstocking and Fenwick. Secret Oath is last of them all here. 47 and two-fifth seconds for this half mile as they continue up the backstretch with Armagnac in front moving for the far turn. Early voting on the outside is second. Armagnac in early voting will take them into the turn. One, two, and Creative Minister is right behind them. And Simplification, meanwhile, Epicenter is on the rail. In behind a wall of horses. He's five lengths off the lead as they round the far turn. Early voting comes up to the neck of Armagnac and pokes ahead in front. Secret Oath has made her run now. And here she comes from the back of the pack. She has stormed up into third. Creative Minister fourth. Epicenter cuts the corner in fifth. And they're into the stretch. And it's early voting who comes into the final furlong with a three-length lead. Secret Oath is second. Epicenter is on the rail. Behind that creative minister. Then it's Armagnac. It is early voting reaching for the wire. Epicenter closing on the inside. Early voting. Epicenter. Early voting comes inside and wins it. He wins the Preakness by a length and a half. Epicenter was second. And then comes creative minister in third. And secret of the fourth girl power I was so pulling for it made me think that maybe she just needed, maybe she needs the Belmont length. Maybe she needs a little longer race, but, uh, I was thinking yeah. maybe she was ridden by, uh, a certain other jockey and that's why she was late to, for this to catch mm. up. Hmm? Like Smith, maybe? <laughs> Is that wasn't. who, jo- who no, was her jockey? She wasn't. No, I was like, I missed that. <laughs> I was just thinking, please don't let Skippy Longstocking win. <laughs> that was like my that, pick for names. <laughs> it sounds like a quarter horse name, like Skippy Longstocking. And I was like, oh, God, that would be so like embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed weird. But... This is the one race that it's so funny. They did have, I watched a little bit of the coverage, and they had this British guy who was in the infield. And he was all dressed up like a British guy. And uh, he was in suit and everything. And he was interviewing the people. And this is the one race where nobody in the infield has any idea about None. horses. There's horses here? <laughs> yeah, what? exactly. Exactly. None of them had a clue. <laughs> it was kind of funny. But then again, you know, it's just so anticlimactic when... When the there's no winner, contender. Yeah. 
When the Derby winner's not there, it's just anticlimactic. It's like that's why they had to bring in that stupid Kegasus guy to get people excited about <laughs> it because right. nobody cares. That's right. I mean, the four Belmont. I mean, Belmont. I th- I feel like the Belmont at least has a little more clout than the Preakness. Well, this has kind too, of always been the stepchild. Of the it, it, it really has. <laughs> and I just feel like, too, like it's so short. It just seems so short of a race. Oh, um, not only that, we come from one of the grandest tracks with the Kentucky Derby. You know, it, the track is beautiful and everything. And then when you look at the Preakness, it looks like a track that was built in the 30s <gasps> and they forgot to update it. Just so you know, any Maryland uh, people <laughs> listening, send your complaints to JenniferHorseRadioNetwork.com. Tell me it doesn't look like a dump. <laughs> I've been to some dumpy tracks, okay? So <laughs> that's not nearly as bad as some of the others. But yeah, it can be pretty tough. I think are they going to build a new one? Isn't that the deal? I don't or they know. were working on it? I don't remember either. Uh, who knows? This shows you what we know about racing uh, nowadays. I love Chad Brown, though. I was happy that he got a Preakness win. There you go. Good. Good. <laughs> Somebody was happy about something. I thought it, we thought we would play it just because there was a race, and you know, there we only play three races a year. <laughs> maybe four. <laughs> maybe four. Maybe, maybe a Breeders' a, Cup. Maybe a Breeders' Cup if it's exciting. But yeah, so there you go. Freakness is over. I won't play Kegasus again. I won't torture with that. But it was Thank funny God. watching the interviews from the infield. It's like, these people are so drunk and have no idea. None. There's just like literally, they're just there for a party and, <laughs> yeah. and, and the, the concert. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's good they do that concert or nobody would show up. They wouldn't sell any tickets. <laughs> so it's like, all right, enough picking on Maryland. Let's uh, continue with the show. Today, coming up, we have Sally Batten, who is host of the newest show added to the Horse Radio Network. She's going to tell us about the Athletic Equestrian Podcast. People does an article on celebrities who ride, and we're going to go through that article and see if if there are any that surprise us or if we knew about them all. Plus, apparently, there's a ton of Equestrian First World problems. What, there's like oh, yeah. 70 on there? I it's, know. It's, it's just crazy. People, people have, have more them. and more problems every week. It's sad. I know. It is. It is really sad. All right. Time for some Daily Minis. <laughs> I have two auditor birthdays. Claire, I don't know how to say her last name. Care to help me? Asen. Asen. We're going with that. And Sean Ortiz. 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 Sean. My buddy Sean in Arizona. Oh, you know Sean. Okay, good. So Sean Ortiz, it's his birthday. Her Her birthday. birthday? Okay, her birthday as well. I screwed that all up. You know what? (laughs) Start over. Claire, Asen, and Sean Ortiz, happy birthday. And we are very thankful for a brand new auditor named Rosemary Root, and she saved the week. She was the only new auditor we had last week, so thank you very much for stepping up and for being alone. Look, she got all the love this week right there, because she was alone. Next week, we'll have three. Well, things are are up in the air here at Flyer Farm, because every day I have had to walk out and take the 9,000th look at a horse's udders. Because if you recall, Pink, my broodmare, is is pregnant and, she, and is due, I think, around the 30th. But I left town this weekend because I, I and I didn't want to burden my husband with like, hey, by the way, 
You might have a foal. Like I, I just that's the grounds for divorce right there. By the way, she may retain her placenta and you may have to stay up every night flushing a uterus out of uh flushing a placenta out of a uterus. Yeah, you know what I'd say to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Same thing he would. So yeah. I took her to a equine hospital down the street. And so I'm currently boarding her they no baby yet. Um Do they have a camera and- you can watch? And they don't, but I said, you know, I'm like, how's it looking? Are we close? And they were like, well, she's this blah, 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 blah. And I didn't understand any what they said. <laughs> and I said, what does that mean? Well, you know, she could have it this week or it could be two or three weeks. I was like, that's not very informative. Especially okay? when you're paying board by the day. Exactly. <laughs> Pay. Every day I'm like, okay, 24, 6, I'm doing the math. How's like, Chad feel about that, by the way? It's none of his business. So there. Uh, but I would also like to, because I was out of town this weekend, I had our farm sitter who lives in the house, uh, the tiny house that I lived in for a while. Her name is Ginger, and she's she's farm sitting while I go out of town. And so I get back yesterday afternoon, and you know the we have these these two identical twin rabbits, both neutered males, and I've been. Putting them in cages next to each other so they get to know each other incredibly well because it's hard, apparently, to introduce older rabbits. But the fact that they're both neutered males and, to be fair, they look like identical rabbits. So I was like, Ginger was is a rabbit person. She understands rabbits. So I was like, okay, since you're here and I'm here, I want to introduce them to the same facility, because I'm tired of having two separate rabbits. I, I got two so they could be friends and I want them to be friends. And so I have this like outdoor kind of like movable dog run type thing where the grass can come up the bottom and they can both go in and eat the grass. And so I put, but I've been putting one out at a time and I'm like, this is stupid. I want them to be together. So I said, you're a rabbit person. Help me. I don't know what to look for as far as if they're getting along or not. And she was like, you'll know. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? The rabbits. She's like, oh, you'll know. So I pick up uh, Viper and and Ginger has Falcon, both named after F-16 jets because my son is a genius. Uh, so we carry them out into this pen that is fairly large, you know, with tall grass growing in it. And I'm like, they're going to just go in and they're going to be best friends. And they're going to like love to have each other, both neutered males, no stress, tall grass, everything should be good. I set my rabbit down and she sets the sweet rabbit down. The sweet rabbit is the one that was given to me by uh, our listener, April to Lucas. So I put my rabbit down. She puts her rabbit down, dude. I did not know that rabbits were so vicious. Oh, my God. They start attacking. Well, the one starts attacking the other. There's fur flying in the air, Glenn. I have never seen. And, and the, the, the like. You could have sold tickets. I mean, it was like watching cockfighting. It was like this crazy, psychotic fur flying. Like one rabbit's like savaging the other. And, of course, the like cage, she, she puts the cage like in between them and tries to get them separated by just moving the cage like da, 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 and she can't do it so she reaches down to grab one and pull it off and it bites the crap out of her finger oh, like wow. blood i'm like these rabbits are savage <laughs> animals like i bought them to get me to be friends so currently 
If anybody is looking for a new currently, if rabbit, you if you like rabbit yeah. stew, you can. <laughs> Falcon is requiring a new home because Viper's a sweet one, and Falcon's what I got to keep Viper company, and they hate each other. And it was like this. Um, anyway, Falcon's so a fighting rabbit, huh? Yes, fighting. <laughs> well, you gave monster. him the name Falcon, so. There's that. And he's a fighting falcon. I should have known better. <laughs> Dang, Lucas, name it, name it like plushy or something. <laughs> Rainbow unicorn. Okay. How did you break oh, up the battle? She ends up like taking the cage, which is like it's like panels, and she shoves the panels in between them, but not before she got bit. I mean, it was insane. Oh, it was like this. I think there's a. Did Lucas right see now, this? No, thank God, because he would have freaked out because his rabbit was getting attacked. There was like gray fur in the air. There was like a patch of rabbit hair. Thank God they have so much hair because they didn't actually hurt each other. They just ripped each other's hair out. And one was just like attacking the other one. It was like, it was like, like you said, people pay for stuff like this. Weird, crazy, psychotic people pay for stuff like this. And I just wanted to give my daily. It would have been a hit in Oklahoma. Who literally, I was like, we have to take you to get stitches. And she's like, it's fine. So a little bit of, you know, vet wrap and vetresin, <laughs> all those stuff horse girls do to treat themselves. No, oh come my to God. think about it. Every time I've ever seen rabbits at a farm, they've been in separate little houses. Yeah. You know what? I just. I'm just irritated. <laughs> like all the work I did to pull the wool over my husband's eyes and go through these two. Who knew that the thing to take down my marriage and my farm would be too bloody. Yeah, no, you can always bring it back to the auction and you could be a seller instead of a buyer. <laughs> Actually, I think the lady who gave me the second rabbit is like, if it doesn't work out, bring it back. I'm like, here I'm you calling, go. <laughs> today. Hey, remember that time you gave me that rabbit and you told that we're gonna be good. Yeah, it's not so good. They go, like disaster. She was, and, and and I said, "Are they gonna like figure this out?" She's like, "No, get it." <laughs> like, oh my god, sorry, Ginger. Oh, oh god. So there you go. That's there you go. Rabbits. Oklahoma's wild rabbits. It's like I gotta have like weekly oh, pregnant horse updates and weekly. Rabbit update. Next time you need to set up a little <laughs> ring, put a little, oh, put a little bell in the corner. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I know it's not funny, but it's funny. Hey, uh, the World Equestrian Center, they have many non-horse events, but also a ton of horsey stuff. And I got to tell you that one of our auditors, our our resident artist, Jessica Troop, was there on Saturday to see Mary Phelps and her gangster ponies do their demonstrations. We've been talking about that. And Jessica did a drawing of uh, Mary and her carriage and the four ponies. It was unbelievable. They had it blown up to poster size had it over there and apparently a lot of kids came out a lot of them bought briars and had a lot of fun over there at the world equestrian center they do this kind of stuff and i know that jessica was there with with uh her daughter and husband and they had a great time so they this weekend have a pasifino show coming up and uh, i got a lead on a pasifino person we can have on to explain it Oh, good. <laughs> so I got a lead on that. I have to follow that up and find uh, get a Pasifino person on to explain that whole thing. Uh, so that's May 25th through the 29th. Uh, there's no other shows going on at the same time. I wonder why. Um, because they're very loud, Pasifino shows. But uh, they're cool to watch. And then June, of, I think it goes through July, they're having the USEF 
premier hunter jumper show over there, and they're giving away $3.5 million in total prize, I'm prizes. I'm in the wrong sport. I'm in the wrong sport. <laughs> yes, the wrong definitely sport. are. So that's going to be happening over the summer. I think that was their way of just saying, hey, look, some of you can stay in Florida. You don't have to head north. Uh, and I think for that prize money, a lot of people will be staying in Florida, not heading north. So those jumper shows will be happening all summer long. They have a ton of variety. If you're in Ocala or driving past, stop in, shop there. They have a ton of stores, uh, seven different restaurants, the big hotel. It's it's a must-see. If you're heading down to Orlando on Route 75 past Ocala, it's only about 10 minutes off the highway. And they have cheap gas. We always fill up over there, too. So, <laughs> so stop there to get is your fuel. Is it cheap or is it just cheaper? It's about 20 cents cheaper than the other places. So, And the nice thing is it's just open and you can fit your trailers in. So that's the other thing. <clears throat> ton of uh, diesel spots, which is always hard to find around here for some reason. It's For some reason, getting to the diesel pumps around here with all these diesel pickup trucks, it's tough. Mm-hmm. So there was an article in People that it came out a week ago, and it was the cover story. And I happened to see it at the grocery store, you know, like the only place anybody ever looks at People magazine <laughs> is waiting to check out at the grocery store. So I looked, at, I looked it up online, and they had an article, 16 Celebs Who Ride Horses Competitively. For some reason, there's been a lot of coverage about celebrities and horses recently, and I don't know why. Probably the queen. Yeah, that probably it. Because Tom, you know, Tom Cruise was there, and yeah, it was yeah. You're probably right. It was probably the queen thing. So, I, you know, we talk about celebs and riding horses here on the show a lot. And I thought, are there any that are going to surprise us in here? So, you want to hear who they are? The sixteen yeah. celebs. All right. First one is Selma Blair. Um, and she like the mean baby one, and she's been in a bunch of different stuff, but she's only just gotten back to riding. I actually went down the rabbit hole on this one um, because she has multiple sclerosis, and she's 49 now and couldn't ride for a long time and has now gotten back into it. And the coolest thing about that story is her horse's name is Nibbles. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was a cool story. I and if, she was in Mean Girls. I, yeah, I she was in a bunch of those different ones, and she, you know, uh, she's apparently couldn't ride for a long time, but now it's been back to riding again. So good for her. Uh, She says it's helping her. It's, you know, it's kind of therapeutic. Uh, Second, second one. Guess who? Oh, gotta be the queen. The queen. Yep. (laughs) I don't think we need to talk about that. We kind of know we've talked about that a lot. Uh, Kaylee Kuko is number three. Of course, you know, we all expected her to be on the list. We've talked about that many times and I'm still mad at her because she won't come on the show. Um, Number four on the list is a commercial. Number five, Eve Jobs. We talked about Eve, Steve Jobs' daughter being then. She's doing really well like what is uh, she show jumping yeah she's and she was at the fei uh jumping nations cup so she's made the team and is very good show jumper you know like say what you will about the girls that are you know kind of have the world handed to them like with her and jessica springsteen they still have had to work their butts off to get where they got because yeah, I could have the nicest horses in the world, but I'm still not going to get over a five and a half foot fence without practice. <laughs> That's right. That is true. And they started at the ground up. I mean, it's not like they started over the five foot fences, right? right. So, um, yeah. Do they have some advantages? Yes. But they still have to do the work. That's, uh, by the way, uh, guess who's next? <laughs> 
Jessica oh, Springsteen. Really? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Jessica Springsteen's next, and it was—it's been kind of cool because over the years I've seen her jump, and I've seen Bruce in the uh, sitting right across from me. He—he he is a big supporter of hers and comes to a lot of her shows, and she's also riding at the top level. So you know, she's, well, she's an Olympian. Yeah, she's she's a, a, up there and going to be up there for a very long time. Uh, third one, Mary Kate Olson, somebody you don't hear a lot about anymore, but apparently she still jumps. Uh, and she, she's been at, uh, events at the Longines Global Champions Tour. She rode in Rome in, in 2021. So she's still riding, still doing her thing. Okay. You know, what really gets me about the whole Mary Kate Olson mm. thing is that it says in the article here that she's 35. No, she's <laughs> no, she's not. like 12, isn't she? <laughs> she's a baby. Oh, and uh, next up on the list is, oh, I saw face? articles about this last week, and yeah. I heard from somebody that I happen to know that has a store, a uh, tax store, and Dwayne Johnson and his daughter Jasmine and, and his wife, I can't remember the wife's name, uh, were shopping there for Jasmine. Jasmine's it's the, the rock cute, for those, yes, you know, the rock, in the yeah. for, it, She is the cutest little six-year-old ever, and she's apparently showing and doing a lot of things in the Virginia area, and they've been in shopping at a couple of the stores up there, and I've heard from the owners that they come in, but they try and keep it. They're not trying to brag too much. But that's kind of cool that you know, the rock I really, shows up. <laughs> I, I know the boarding, the place that he keeps his horses at, and they are really hush-hush about it. And I love that. They're not like, hey, guess who's at our barn, you know? So it's pretty cool. Can I also comment on the picture that people has in there? Now, it's it's the rock with Jasmine. Look at his arms. <laughs> That's all I see, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I see. <laughs> They're the size of tree trunks. <laughs> And by the way, how cool is it that your dad's the rock and he comes um, to your horse shows? His bicep <laughs> is bigger than her head. Yes, <laughs> it's true. It's true. And she is darling. She's a cutest little thing. Jennifer Gates, another one of those in that class of three, right? The three musketeers. Uh, also Grand Prix show jumper and doing very well. So, And it also has a, about a $20 million farm. Isn't there, she well, also too. in like medical school or something? Yeah, I she's, mean, she's ridiculous. That's the other thing. All of these rich kids do go to college. They, they're, I think it's required. <laughs> they have to. But they all do finish college and do it all. But... You know, and I know you're all sitting out there and saying, well, the money helps. Yes, there's no question. It definitely helps. Uh, Giselle Bunchen, I didn't know this one. Um, she, she, the supermodel. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm familiar. Yeah, she uh, apparently uh, has Tom Brady even riding. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Careful with him. Yeah. Benjamin, her uh, son is 12 and Jack is 14, and they both ride, too, apparently. Uh, and he has a she has a daughter that rides. So the whole family out there riding. Uh, that one I didn't know about. Next one is Catherine Schwarzenegger, Pratt. I did not know that Chris Pratt's wife rides horses. It yes. just makes me like Chris Pratt better that he married a horse chick. Yeah, look at that. It can happen to any of us. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't surprise me that Schwarzenegger's daughter is involved with horses because of him. But uh, yeah, so that was a new one. Didn't know that. And then uh, Georgina Bloomberg, another one of that class that we talked about earlier. I did meet her and actually did an interview with her at the World Equestrian Games in 2010. She was very delightful. Um, Jacqueline Kennedy. Well, I think we all knew about that one. Mm. That, one's, that one's given. Princess Anne. 
Everybody knows. I think we all know about that one, too. Uh, Princess Anne and Prince Philip uh, were seen together a lot. They would ride together a lot. And, you know, she competed in the Olympics. So there's that. Um, uh, Zara Tyndall. Of course, Zara. We know Zara Tyndall. We've talked about her enough on the show. Uh, Gigi Hadid. Is it Hadid? Hadid. Yeah. I didn't know that. She's 27, competed in horse shows, and, and apparently still competes in horse shows. I didn't know that one. Um, uh, Bella Didn't Hadid. her sister Bella Hadid? Like, there you go. Next one on the she list. With like Leonardo DiCaprio or something. I think so. That's what I think I remember. How old is she? Uh, twenty-five. 25. Yeah, she's twenty-five, and she uh, uh, has her sights on competing at the 2016 I think they meant twenty twenty-six. Twenty-six <laughs> Olympics. <laughs> I the reason I knew about Bella is she also has chronic Lyme disease and has fought a battle. I've seen her articles on her in the Lyme forums and stuff. So there you go. There's your 16 celebrities. We knew most of them, and most of them were royal family, to be honest. Uh, but there are some celebrities out there doing it that you, you – and it must be weird to go to a show and hear the name announced. A lot of them use fake names at the shows, though, too. Do Kaylee, they really? Kaylee Cuco did, yeah. Huh. She used fake name uh, on occasion that shows. I always <clears throat> thought that, you know, the whole COVID thing with the masks, celebrities must have loved that. Oh, they, they had to have loved that. But yet the, yet the paparazzi still seem to get pictures of them with their masks on. So because the paparazzi sitting outside their house. Yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> no question. All right. Uh, from the bridal path to the training arena, you'll feel balanced and supported in the thoughtfully designed arena all-purpose saddle. Whether schooling on the flat, jumping a course, or simply riding on local trails the beautiful arena all-purpose saddle will keep you and your horse comfortable every step of the way every rider nurtures a unique and special connection with their horse a connection that is built on trust for riders it is their horse's welfare and comfort that always comes first as every horse regularly changes shape with their level of fitness diet and maturity when it comes to your saddle it should also be able to adapt to the changes of shape of your horse and the arena saddles can do that priced at fifteen ninety the arena all-purpose saddle will be the perfect addition to your tack room visit arenasaddles.com to view the full range of saddles available to you and also to find a retailer near you well our first guest today her name is sally and she runs a podcast called the athletic equestrian podcast she spent 35 years as a coach on a collegiate equestrian teams and Obviously, that's what the podcast is about. Hi, Sally. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Glenn. Thanks so much for having me, and and thanks also for having me join the Horse Radio Network. Oh, we're so excited to have you. I th- I feel like that was a gap we had. We we didn't have any shows about the collegiate world, and so many riders start out there and end up going on to be professional riders or grooms. And from the collegiate side of things, what did? did did you become a coach because you rode in a collegiate team? And what's your alma mater? Uh, well, actually, I did not ride in college. I, I went to the College of Worcester in Ohio first. I thought I was going to be a vet, and I took Chem 101 and said, no, I'm not going to be a vet. <laughs> so I transferred to Lake Erie College in Painesville, Ohio, and I majored in equestrian studies and English. And they actually had an intercollegiate horse show association or IHSA team at Lake Erie, but I, I didn't, I didn't do it while I was there. I'm not exactly sure why, but my first job 
out of college was at Centenary College, which is now Centenary University in, in New Jersey. And I, uh, as part of my job, I taught in the equine studies program, but I was also assistant coach of the IHSA team. So that's really how it started. How has it changed? I mean, you then went on for 35 years of coaching. You wrote, written many books. Um, you're a certified trainer and, and instructor. How has it, the collegiate program changed through the years, or has it changed through the years? Well, you know, I, I think it's been interesting as I've, as I've been going through the time with my podcast. A lot of people say to me, oh, you know, that, that's really gotten big in the last few years. But to tell you the truth, it's been pretty big for a long time. The, the IHSA started in 1967. It was started by Bob Cascione, who, if you've ever met Bob, you certainly can't forget him. He's quite the dynamo. But um, it... it the, Throughout the country, in the IHSA, there are over 400 teams and over 10,000 riders. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. And through the years in my job, people would be like, oh, collegiate riding, that's cute. You know, what? how many riders are there? Because the the non-horse population has no idea how huge the horse population and, and rider population is. So the, those numbers, yes, they've been growing through the years, um, but it, it's it's kind of just kept a steady momentum. And uh, uh, even now, they, I was just lucky enough to be at the IHSA National Championships, and there were over 500 riders, both um, Hunter Seat and Western. So well, that was really exciting. That's one of the cool things about the the intercollegiate program too is you have both you have both english and western right right so what tell us about the podcast what do you do do on that well you know this is kind of how it it came about so so my um my three children actually all work for me on the podcast which is fun but my son and and daughters for years said mom you have to do a podcast you have to do a podcast and and I was like, oh, kind of like, what am I going to talk about? Because there are a million things to talk about, right? So I was like, how am I going to narrow it down? What exactly am I going to talk about? And then I said, what do I knew, know best? I know about riding in college. And I also know that parents all across the country of uh, elementary and high school age riders are dying for information on how to have their child ride in college. So that's really how it came about. We've had 66 episodes now, I think. And, um, you know, uh, uh, instead of, instead of having to go to, to each college or each university and find out information, it's all in one place and they can all go to it and, and see it all there. So I, I interview um, coaches and organize all the various organizations, everything from the IHSA to the NCEA to the dressage to the collegiate rodeo. I mean, there's tons of people and tons of things to talk about. So can they search for the, let, let's say we have a parent of a senior in high school, or the senior in high school uh, is looking at a college. Can they search by college on your website 
to find out if you've done an interview about that? Uh, they they can. They can um, look. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and they are um, titled by which university or college they do or, or which organizations they are with. So, yeah, they can, they can first off, they can just Google uh, athletic equestrian riding in college, and that'll take them to the podcast, but then they can um, look through all the titles. Do I don't know the answer to this. That's why I'm asking. Do do colleges give scholarships for riding? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't and that. even if they're it's a, a sport, Glenn. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. right, right. Well, you know what? He, Not he a high spectator know, sport. So that's that, why I was asking. So. Yeah, so that's that's why I'm on to to dispel all the uh, <laughs> the myths. Title Nine. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Title Title Nine really helps the sport of equestrian. But um, yeah, they can get scholarships not only from like in the NCEA, which is the National Collegiate Equestrian Association. There's lots of scholarships there. Those are the Division One. Well. It's Division One and Division Two, some Division Three, but that's mostly where where parents and riders think of getting the scholarships. But a lot of the schools that are in the IHSA, that there are some that are varsity in the IHSA, most are club in the IHSA. A lot of those schools do give scholarships, and even if they don't give, you know, exact uh, like. I, I coached at Dartmouth College for 30 years, and the Ivy League schools don't give athletic scholarships, but um, and Division three schools don't give athletic scholarships. But mm. a lot of those schools really work, especially the ones that offer equine studies programs, really work with the students on merit scholarships and the other types of scholarships and grants so that those riders can go to college and and i ask that of every single collegiate coach that i talk to are there any statistics on how many kids come out of the program and then uh, become professional riders you know i i if there are i don't know of them okay but they're just curious there really are i'll tell you just in my you know 66 they're not all coaches that i've interviewed but um, almost every one of them has come out of a collegiate program. And I know there are lots of professionals out there that, that rode in college and, um, uh, you know, and are doing affiliate things like writing for the Chronicle or uh, hosting a podcast right. or whatever. Some job in the, in the uh, horse industry. Indi- yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So where can people listen to your show? So they can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and obviously the Horse Radio Network. <laughs> That's right. And we did add it last week. It'll be added to the app at the end of the month. We do an, our update to the Horse Radio Network app and your show okay. will be popping in probably in the next week there at the end of the month update. Right. So also I saw on your I saw on your signature line that you're a certified polo cross instructor. And the subject of polo cross came up recently on the show and we were like we got to get somebody on about that. So you yeah. you actually wrote the first book on it apparently. Yes. Yes, my the the first book on the sport of polo cross was published in 1990 and I wrote that book and it's a lovely coffee table book with amazing 
photos that were taken by a, an Australian photojournalist. I was lucky enough to travel to Australia because that's really, um, the book is called Polo Cross, Australian Made Internationally Played. So really it's played the most in Australia. And I was able to travel around and interview different players and, and coaches. And um, so the, the book also has uh, chapters by um, specialists. You know, there's somebody that talks about horse training and there's somebody that talks about tactics and there's a veterinarian that talks about that. So it's, it's really quite a comprehensive guide. And even though it was written in 1990, most of it, you know, holds true today. So kind of explain polo cross for those that haven't seen it at all. Right. So it's basically like lacrosse on horseback. Yeah. It really doesn't have anything in common with polo, except it has those four letters in its name and you ride horses. So you ride, you, you use a, a about four, three or four foot long racket. That's called a polo cross racket and a four inch sponge rubber ball. So the reason I liked it was playing at the various colleges that I was working at the sponge rubber ball. It's much nicer to the horses than a, than a hard like polo ball. And the field is half the size of a polo field. It's 160 yards long and um, 60 yards wide. And uh, instead of, when you play polo, it's one player and four to six horses. And polo cross, it's a team of six. And you only need one horse per player because you and your horse play alternating time periods or chuck us. So that way it's kind of like the, the more affordable course. Alternative. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So you're in, you're in for a a period, let's call it that. And then you're out for a period. So you do have rest, you and your horse have rest time and that's mandatory. Yeah. 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 Yep. Absolutely. I know it's fun to watch. If, if go onto YouTube and look up polo cross, we've seen a couple of polo cross matches at in Kentucky and different places, and it's just it is fun to watch. Uh, yeah. I, I actually don't know why that hasn't caught on more in the United States because it has everything Americans like. So yeah, I, you know, I, I agree. With you. I, I'm really surprised that and horseball. I never understood why horseball never caught on. Um, well, you know, I think polo cross. It's just a matter of getting it out there, like people just don't know it exists and there are pockets where it's played. Like there, I went and did a clinic in Minnesota and they um, drive all the way to Texas and to Colorado to play. It's quite remarkable. Well, well, and there's a lot of information on there about it. You can go to YouTube and check it out. Uh, and it just looks like a lot of fun. If you, you know, if you're into turning quick and uh, playing a game with a racket and a ball, it's it's your yeah. game. <laughs> it just yeah, looks fun. Absolutely. So, yeah. so uh, thank you for joining us today, Sally. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to check out the Athletic Equestrian Podcast, especially if you have kids that are going to be going into college and wanting to ride, then that's the one for you. Make sure you and your kids both take a listen to it. Uh, And thank you for joining the Horse Radio Network. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye-bye, Sally. Bye, Sally. Welcome to the family. Thank you so much.
Well, there you go. Polo cross is something I think you would like. I would love it. It's got, I would love it. It's got a ball. You love baseball. It's got a ball. It's got a racket. Uh, you got horses. Your I horses. Mean, I mean, what could possibly go wrong other than you swinging a racket around? What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I hope you check out the newest show here on the Horse Radio Network. A couple of things on the schedule for this week. I am out starting tomorrow, heading to PodFest for the rest of the week. Uh, somehow I got, uh, I got talked into doing... F- leading four different sessions, so I had to get those together over the weekend. (laughs) Um, Thank you to the auditors, by the way, for helping out with one of my sessions. Uh, You all know what I asked, and I appreciate the answers. They were really, as a matter of fact, that's the one thing Jamie and I talked about before the show today. They were really insightful for the answers that you gave, and we will have a post-show today. Jamie has something to talk about, so we'll we'll get to that today. But there will be shows the rest of the week. Tomorrow, uh, we have the Horse Illustrated episode. That's a brand new show. Wednesday and Friday, Lisa's filling in for me on Wednesday, and Wendy on Friday, and then uh, I think that we're going to have the sales and breeding episode on Thursday, and Kayla is going to be on along with Emily. Remember we had Emily on last week? Well, she's going to co-host that with Kayla. So the two of them are getting together, so you get to hear Emily Emily Thompson back at it again, too. So that's the schedule for the rest of the week. Um, Did you have anything else before we get to people's terrible problems? It's really sad. Uh, No, I've got it. I had to... I don't know if anybody listened to the last episode of Horsemanship Radio with Debbie, but she mentioned something about how I like to call them for free advice. <laughs> and it's true. And I did it again today. <laughs> <laughs> there, did you get free advice? I did. Okay. And bless so her they're still talking to you? <laughs> up so early, so bless her. Do we have any word on, this is the other thing I wanted to mention, do we have any word on the movement and if there's still tickets available? I think there's a few tickets left. So people go to MontyRoberts.com, click on, click on the movement and come hang out with Dr. Wendy and Helena and me, Glenn and Jen and, and uh, Mark Bolander, the trail, trail wizard. They've built this amazing trail mountain trail course in the infield of their racetrack. Oh my God. Oh, and so Monty will be there too. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. So on Sundays, maybe Monday mornings, I put up a post in the auditor group on Facebook asking for people to submit their equestrian first world problems. And this time people had a few. Uh, So if you want to be involved in submitting your equestrian first world problem, because you're like, I always have one. I don't know where to send it. What can they do to become an auditor? To become an auditor, you just go to horseradionetwork.com, click on the auditor banner in the upper right hand corner of the page. And for as little as $3 a month, you can join the party too. And a question first world problems today is brought to you by Purina. Level up your horse's performance this season with choices from Purina Animal Nutrition. From Purina Altium Competition Formula to Purina Impact Pro Performance and everything in between. Purina has the right option for your horse, including supplements like Purina Super Sport Amino Acid Supplement, Purina Amplify High Fat Supplement, and Purina Outlast Gastric Support Supplement. There are many choices for optimal nutrition when you choose Purina, all backed by science. Level up your performance this season. Put Purina's research to the test. Ask for Purina at your local feed retailer today. All right, well, we're going to start with Jillian. She had a very sad tale, which is... I had to bring the horses home early from camping to get their shoes reset. 
so that we can go camping next weekend. <laughs> you should have stayed. Uh, <laughs> Carrie said, I didn't get to see my horse all weekend because I was away and then driving home. I swear I saw 10 different horse trailers and it's like they were mocking me saying, we got to do fun horse things this weekend and you didn't. <laughs> Oh, my God. I saw I was driving through Atlanta, uh, Madison, Georgia area that I was in, and I saw a trailer. Jen would have loved it. It had a like you walk the horses in through the back. It was a living quarters and it had the walk through on the front. Like when they have oh, a ramp, ramp that goes down the side yeah. and then another ramp on the backside. So you can like walk them in sideways. It, it was the cool. I, I, I've never Must seen have been 80 something foot like long. That. <laughs> it's like- All I could think is I go see that trailer there, Josh. That's like a billion dollars. <laughs> it's about right with trailer prices today. Yep. Uh, Paige said, I took my first side saddle lesson today and my bougie temper tantrum OTTB loved it. And now I have to buy a side <laughs> saddle and all the appointments and I have it. <laughs> I think we're probably to blame for that. So sorry about that. Chantel said, I have to, st- <laughs> this is funny. I have to start donating plasma again to have enough spending money for the horse expo in a few weeks. <laughs> How much do you get for plasma? (laughs) I don't know, but I saw lots of billboards for it over the weekend. Alexandra said, we desperately needed rain, but it rained on me yesterday during my ride, and I was in my horse's new custom saddle, so then I got stuck in the barn having to clean all my tack off. (laughs) (laughs) That is a personal problem. This is Jessica, as you mentioned earlier. We went to visit the World Equestrian Center this past Saturday, and the hotel was so amazing. And I commented, I'd love to stay there, but we live an hour and a half way away. So it would be like stupid to stay there when we live so close. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Staycation, sister. Come on. Sell your plasma. Uh, Matt <laughs> says, a coworker asked me what I was going to do with my free time since school is almost over and I won't have any homework. And I thought about it. And I remember this entire long list of projects that I have around the farm which means no relaxing the the, i think i saw this picture the other day and it said uh being a horse owner is like oh after this week things will slow down and saying that every week until you die (laughs) that is one of the advantages to boarding you don't have to do that crap yeah well we have this farm and everything was fine and chad's like i think i need to put up a wooden fence over there wood prices went down a little bit so he like i'm like why do you do that to yourself it was fine um, Jordan said my foal, oh my God, this picture is the cutest thing I've ever seen. My foal was getting sunburned. So I had to go buy him some UV protection. I think he's still mad at me, but he looks adorable. Okay. It is a baby horse wearing one of those fly sheets that goes from the back of the ears oh, all the, the way shot. to down to the hocks with like the <laughs> belly band. And then it's also got a fly mask on that has ears in a nose guard too. So like literally the only thing you can see of this horse are his feet. And uh, I would like to say, Jordan, clearly you need to get some of the fly boots. <laughs> <laughs> that poor thing is suffering. <laughs> Betty said, oh God, this is crazy. Why is it always the weather that throws our plans into a mess? There are so many horsey events planned every weekend in May, but what happened this weekend? It was 88 degrees on Thursday, and Friday we got a foot of snow. That must have been Colorado, right? I heard they had a ton of snow. Knocked power out everywhere. Oh, poor Gus. He must have been shivering out there. (laughs) I know, right? Juniper said, my boots are still soaking wet from bringing the horses in during the storm last night. So now I have to shop for a second pair in case it happens again. (laughs) 
Juniper, that's just good thinking right there. That's just solid, good thinking right there. Uh, Kim said, even before I had the PPE done, I booked a shipper from a new horse. And I was told pickup would be at the end of May or first part of June. And now it's been pushed back a few weeks. And what are the odds my new horse would be delivered while I'm at the movement? Have them delivered on up to Monty's place. We all want to see it. <laughs> uh, Flossie said, I got my new horse a matchy-matchy pad and a boot set. And it looks so good on her. But I bought it like two years ago, so clearly now I need a new one. (laughs) Solid thinking. I can't argue with you ladies today. Kaylee said, good news is my dad killed the insane amount of foxtail in the pasture. Bad news is he killed all the foxtail in the pasture and the pasture. And now I have to figure out how to regrow pasture. (laughs) Jeez. Wrong stuff. (laughs) Problem is the foxtail takes over so much it drowns out the grass. That's what she said. They yeah. had to actually she went on to, they had to kill everything. Yeah. So we have stickers here in Oklahoma and there's like a three prong spraying system thing that we're like two down, one to go kind of thing. Uh, Mary said, guess what? I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, but it's three weeks after the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. <laughs> Sucks. Robin said two new horses. I'm getting. She got two new horses, by the way, Robin, our listener. And I'm getting them. They're apparently too big to fit into my three-horse trailer. So now I have to bring my big trailer, her draft horse trailer. Oh, Lord. Robin is getting uh, to the collecting point uh, with horses. Yes, so. she's. it's getting dangerous. Yeah. Um, Colleen said, it's so hot and miserable here that my horse couldn't even muster up the energy to spook at a deer that popped out of us at the tree during our heck. <laughs> Colleen, most people appreciate that. Yeah. Unless you were too hot. I'd appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. April said, oh, this is so great. So remember April who had the Clydesdale Josie who came here to be started? yeah, yeah, yeah. From Texas. Currently, this is her equestrian first world problem. Now, when I decide to do something with Josie, I can't decide if I should ride her or drive her. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) That made me smile. Uh, Chelsea said, I have a new truck to me and there's so many extras. I don't know what all the buttons mean. Like, I want to open the sunroof and not turn on the seat massagers. (laughs) Jesus. Seat massagers. You know, you guys whine about us not reading directions. Have any of you horsewomen ever looked at the manual for your truck? I look at the manual when a light comes on it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> exactly. That's the only time anybody ever looks at a manual. Uh, Starbright said, I ordered pretty new conchos for the vintage Western saddle I bought. And they arrived yesterday. Yay! But the saddle isn't even here yet. <laughs> uh, Amy said, I have COVID. And the squirrels chewed through my internet line so i had to watch the oh, preakness God. on my phone <laughs> that sucks. i don't know what covid has to do with that i guess you can go to because a bar she can't and... go out she's stuck uh, in and has no internet <laughs> that blows dude. that's a double whammy right there uh hannah we hope said, you recover there... quickly just throwing that oh uh, let's yeah. see i think i'm gonna do hannah's um, because I just love this. She said, is there a, such a thing as, quote, two 
horse crazy. My Facebook feed is full of horses, and thanks to Horse Vet Corner, butts and junk and ooze, and I read books constantly about horses. I read audiobooks, paperbacks, ebooks, library training books. I watch all the TV shows, Heartland and Flicka. I watch helmet cam videos, and I stalk major shows of the 3DE and the Devon. I have digital horses on various online games. I spend a ton of time writing about horses and even coordinating a summer ride for several people, and I don't have a horse! And <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I get with all those things, but I well, yeah, was. all up until the very end. There, you described ninety five percent of our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so, yeah, you sounded yeah. normal to me. Yeah, I was yeah. like, uh, totally right up to like, the end. <laughs> I love when people go, "What do you do beside horses?" I'm like, "Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> like it's like that sideways. Alyssa, I have a meeting with the director of my toddler school tomorrow to discuss his biting rampage last week that she now calls open season. This has nothing to do with horses, but that is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of funny. Uh, and then uh, let's see, I got how many more do I get to do? Uh, you got You can do a couple more yet. Okay. Laura said that uh, beef eater, apparently that's her mare's name. Oh, beef eater, I thought that was her husband. Won't give up her full. <laughs> 351 days. She's also being treated for mastitis before the baby. And now, because I am terrified of this happening, I am going on 20 days board at the vet clinic. Well, you know, I'm doing a quick calculation here. That's only about 20 grand for that baby. Just God. saying. It's, a, it's like I'm terrified of stuff like that happen. <laughs> um, Let's see here. We're going to go with Are you regretting no. sending him to the... No, because I, you know, to be fair, I was talking to Chad about it. I was like, she's, yes, she's at the vet clinic. And he, because he was like, you should just leave her, leave her. Cause he doesn't pay for the horses. I do. <laughs> He's like, leave her there. She's fine. <laughs> but what he does have to do is help me clean straw stalls. Oh uh, yeah. I hate it. I, that's nothing worse for a horse mm-hmm. husband. That yeah. is the epitome of terribleness. Yeah. To be fair, he didn't really help all that much, uh, but it's they're impossible to, to clean. It's tough. It's tough. Jennifer can do it in like 10 seconds, you know, and she saves every clean strand of straw. But uh-huh. yeah, I'm yeah. like, throw it all out. <laughs> it's like, Get rid of it. Yep. Um, let's do two more. Uh, Aaron said, we went to pick up our new trailer, new to us trailer from the mechanic on Friday. But when we pulled in, he sheepishly said that there was a problem with finishing the inspection and getting the sticker on it. The problem was that his employee left the inspection tablet out in the rain overnight. And now it doesn't work. So we have to wait for him to be able to get a stupid new oh tablet God. early this week to submit the official inspection later this day. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like you're that. He's, he's that girl. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. By and the way, it, does your state have inspections for anything? Ours, I, I'm guessing no. I don't know. Judging Jack by Nicholson some of the pictures that. I've seen of trailers in your state. All I know is no. that I have a driver's license from Arizona, and my driver's license expires in like 2047. You really know that you're supposed to change that in 30 days after you move. Yeah, well, I know, but... I'm sorry, who voluntarily goes to the DMV? I didn't change my last name after getting married for like two years. I was like, <laughs> I don't have to go yet. And now Arizona's like, you can have your driver's license for 47 years. I'm going to be like old and gray by the time this thing needs to be redone. I'm like, I don't want to go to the DMV to voluntarily sit there for hours so I can like vote locally. I just don't care. Um, <laughs> and finally, Nellie, dear Nellie, today... A dream came true. 
and my mare is officially boarded at Flag is Up Farm, and I'm only going to live one mile away. Woo! But instead of playing with my pony on their brand new mountain trail course and sponging up knowledge from Monty, I have to go back to help my family with the actual move. Hashtag rude. <laughs> so true. Anyway, those, sorry if I didn't get to yours. Uh, those are your equestrian first world problems. You guys are all amazing and awesome, and I love you all. And I really couldn't even hardly argue with anybody because I get it. No, they were all they, they were all right you. on today. <laughs> they were all they were almost real problems today. <laughs> all right, thanks everybody for joining us. Appreciate it. We'll be back with Horse Illustrated episode tomorrow, and Jamie will be back on Wednesday. All right, everybody, spay, neuter, and geld. I'll tell you my drama horse needing advice from Debbie at six in the morning. I'll see y'all in a week. Oh, yeah. Bye. So you're bothering the clan over at uh, California now? Man, I'm like, I'm super confused by this horse, okay? So he's the adoptable horse that came from Horse and Hound. And doing a deep dive on his history, he raced seven times and won three of them and won over $50,000. And for Oklahoma, that's pretty damn good. So he won all these races. And then at the last race, it said he was vanned off. And then he broke his, I found this out from the rescue, excuse me, he broke his sesamoid bone during the race. So they had to pull him up, van him off, and they took him basically directly to Horse and Hound and dropped him off. Where then he had to spend multiple months in a stall, you know, until that he's healed. He's completely sound. He's totally fine. It's healed. Good to go. Sweet horse. It took a couple times to be able to get on him, but now I can get on him and he's fine. So here's the, the drama is all of these things. When he's out in the pasture, I couldn't catch him at first. Now he trots to the gate. He comes trotting up like me, like you're a food person. And he comes running up and he's super sweet. And I put the halter on him. Okay. Well, I, the first time I, I took him in the stall and I was just being lazy. And I'm like, I'm going to do something with you in just a minute. So I just unclipped the lead line and had him in the stall. And I feed everybody and I go to get him out of the stall and he comes at me like ears pinned. And I don't have uh, like grates on the front of my stalls so they can all hang their head out. And he comes at me like teeth bared, almost ears pinned. Not like he's going to maul my face, but pinned and, and pretty aggressive comes at me. Kind of like the bunny rabbit. Yeah. Except <laughs> for the human, not just another gray fluffy butt. So I was like, Jesus, what do I do? And and Farm Boy was still here when the when this is happening. And so I was like, oh God. So I fortunately he still had the halter on. So I was able to like I put my big girl panties on and I slid the door open a little bit and I reached my hand in and clipped to just the regular halter. And I slid I was like, all right, open the door, you know, open the door. And I bring him out of the stall. And he's like, Okay, hey, how's it going? What's up? Take him to romping, did join up, tacked him up. Long line, all the things. Totally fine. I was like, well, you're not going in a stall anymore. So you're going to live in a field. But I still have to address the problem. Okay. Sometime during me being gone, the 
So Stanley, my yearling, my three-year-old can walk in the stall and he turns off the switches off and on and he turned off the electric fence, <laughs> which means my farm Has Zeus out. been teaching them all this? I know, I know. And <laughs> Zeus is, he's in a separate place. He doesn't get to be in the barn with all these buttons. So he, Stanley turns the electric fence off. At some point, the wind blows. I don't know. The horse gets out of the field. So the horse is now out in the huge pasture with all my horses, which is not that big a deal. But he comes up to the barn where they can just walk in the back of the stalls. So he's in the stall. Mind you, I've been keeping him in the paddock because he's aggressive in the stall. And this is my farmster having to deal with this. And so she gives me a call. She's like, hey, um, what do I do with this horse? He's he's left his paddock and now he's in the, the barn. And I was like, I don't know. Just can you get him back in the paddock? She's like, I can't. He won't let me close to him. He's pinning his ears and coming at me. I was like, shit, is it still going on? Like, he's been here a couple That's weeks now. weird that he only does it in the stall. And before food, after food, no food. Like, and, and I talked to the rescue about it, and she was like, he did not do that at all at our place because he was in the stall for like seven months. Oh, maybe that's why he doesn't like but, the stall. Because anytime anybody that, came in the stall, they were poking at him. Well, maybe, but he gets fed and all that. She's like, nothing bad. And then, you know, I started, went on a deep dive and started asking with, for Monty on the Ask Monty's on the Monty Roberts University. There's people that submit questions and and people go on and answer them. And there was nothing super similar, but there was one that was like, well, what happens when horses, people walk up to them and give them treats is that then they start to get a little food aggressive for the treats, you know? And so maybe that's happening. Well, that hasn't happened with this horse. So I messaged Debbie this morning. I'm like, oh, I'll send you a text. I'll read you my text I sent her. Let's see here. Any advice for a horse that is aggressive in the stall? Like, comes at you when you approach him in the stall. Super easy to catch in the pasture. Rescue, OTTB, four gelding, blast race, vanned off, sesamoid fracture, drop to rescue, no treats to rescue, no reported aggression at the rescue. I said, I read through the uni Q and answers and couldn't find anything. She said, are you trying to feed or catch or just muck? I said, either. You get to the deer of the stall and he comes at you. She said that they've answered food aggression, but there is a university lesson on catching a horse in a stall. And it's called Sunny, the peaceful approach. So now I have to go. Okay, I would have <laughs> never put that together with <laughs> the stall issue. No, the peaceful approach. Are we trying to, are we peacefully coming yeah. at him or is he coming peacefully at us? I don't know. I haven't watched the lesson yet. This literally was sent to me as the show was starting. So um, let's see. She said, if he's dangerously aggressive, we probably don't address it because of the variables, but I can get dad on the phone with you to keep you safe. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go ahead and do that. <laughs> Couldn't schedule that. Thanks. Has the horse you know, actually I, I, tried to bite somebody, or is he just warning everybody off? I I I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to get close. Yeah, obviously, yeah, that's true. But what's weird is that, like I said, throw the teddy bear catch. in there. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, right. I I couldn't get, catch him in the pasture, but he wouldn't come at me. He would just walk away. And I address that, fix that, and he's super nice. He comes trotting up to get when he's in his paddock. Now he's in the stall, and I'm going to have to deal with this as soon as I get done with this is show he, and go down to the barn. Is he lame still, or has he gotten over that? Totally fine. 100% really? sound. Really cute. Really sweet. All the things except for this one issue. So I will keep you guys posted 
on what happens because most likely I'm going to have to have a phone call with the man later today. You know, it's just, Glenn. We'll just call this horse the land sh- shark. Shit. I'm sorry. Like the Oh, I heard that. Was, did you hear that? Oh, my God. I assume that's thunder. Oh. Yeah, that's thunder lightning right outside my door. All right, so you, we need to go. You long. need to get off the headphones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do that. Anyway, I'll All keep right. you guys posted. Right, Just see. when I think I know everything, I know nothing. So, <laughs> life. All, All right, right, be bye. safe.